If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. All Things Sane with Representative Jason Sane. And good morning. You are listening to All Things Sane on WSIC. Uh, here in studios, we're not we're not on a remote location uh, somewhere on some uh, great island somewhere. No, no, we are right here uh, in the Lake Norman area uh, today. I've got my good friend, uh, Representative Jeffrey Elmore, who represents Wilkes County. He is running for lieutenant governor, uh, but is also one of my co-budget chairs, and he has to suffer through that uh, process with me on on a regular basis. So uh, good for him or bad for him, I don't know which. But uh, uh, Jeffrey, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Representative Sane. Well, glad to have you on. Uh, we've got Hunter, who's helping him with his campaign, and uh, we're, we're, we'll be in and around the Lake Norman and Charlotte area today. Uh, we're talking to some hospitality and tourism folks in Charlotte later. Uh, also have a, a couple of meetings here and there uh, as you run across the state. And it's a big state. Very big state. You're, you're learning that quickly. Yes, yes, but it's exciting. I, our state is absolutely beautiful, and going into the different communities and seeing the personalities of the community and the beautiful scenery, the natural resources, and the people. Uh, we definitely live in the best state in the nation. We, and we've got some characters, too. You know, different different parts of the state have, have their own characteristics, for sure. Uh, but they can be very, um, you know, very regional in, in, in terms of, you know, from, from one place to the next is, is, is far different. And you might may only drive 30 miles, but they can be incredibly different. Oh, you're spot on. And, and the pride in their communities. For sure. Uh, that they have and the... Uh, um, character of it that they want to display and people to know. And uh, p- folks are proud of where they're from. And they should be. It, it is a great state. We, we have the privilege of, of getting to represent not just our districts, but the decisions we make really impact the, the 10, 10 million plus people that are, that are here in our state. And, you know, always striving, I think all communities in our state strive to do better and to, to be a great place to live. Uh, some better than others uh, are succeeding at that. But I think they all want that same, you know, hometown, uh, whether it's the big city or the small town, they, they really want to own where they live. And, and the pride that you see when you do get to travel the state is, is pretty impressive. Oh, very much so. And I, I think that you can even see that with economic growth. Um, the type of economic growth that communities want to see revolves around the personality of the community. They don't really want their community to morph into something that it's not. Right. Uh, but they want to leverage um, what makes them them yeah. uh, into their growth. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and, and the character and the and the, the history, too. There's a, you know, a lot of history, whether you're from somewhere else and you just found North Carolina and you love it as much as we do or you've been here all your life. Uh, people people really do you know, kind of uh, assimilate and integrate pretty quickly uh, once they get here because, you know, we're a state that's that's adding people. There's a reason we got an extra congressional seat after this last uh, census. You know, pe- people aren't running away, and uh, you and I have been in the legislature uh, together for for a, a good long time. You started serving in what year? Uh, Thirteen. Thirteen. I, yeah. It, it gets fuzzy after a while. I, I remember when people got there. Um, and so, you know, for the last ten years, you've been a big part of shaping uh, what North Carolina is, what it's becoming, uh, what it's going to be, and for that, you know. We serve together as legislators, but, but you know, the thing I tell people when you go to the legislature, you find out that there are many more people like you 
who want to see our state succeed, whether Republican or Democrat. I, it, it, people come for different reasons, and they've got different backgrounds, and they've got different political bends. But we do get to serve with people who really care about the state. Oh, very much so. And the difference from the time that I've started to now, I, I mean, we went from having to cut appropriations because of, I would call it very reckless spending for years under the other party, to now we're dealing with surpluses, talk, uh, we've uh, instituted tax cuts over the years and still going into tax cut plans uh, to keep the growth of the state happening. Uh, we're creating a positive business climate, and, and that's the reason why we're seeing the growth that we're seeing. Yeah. And we've got to ensure that that growth is not just isolated to certain areas of the state, but that all folks across North Carolina can see the benefit of that growth. That, that's right. It, no, nobody does it by themselves, I always say. And, you know, if our state is to succeed, it can't just be the greater Charlotte region. It can't just be Lake Norman. It can't just be Wilkesboro, where you're from. It can't, it can't just be, you know, pockets. Uh, it really is incumbent upon us to make sure that, that really a rising tide raises all ships. Uh, and that's been the mission. It, you know, sometimes it can't get there soon enough for some areas, uh, but, but you don't do anything unless you try it. And so I, I applaud you for doing that and being a part of the team that, that, that you and I are on to work on those things. It's, it's fun to get to do. But you have, you have, a, you have a side hustle. Uh, you, uh, you, you didn't just come to the legislature to be a politician. Uh, tell our listeners what you do. I, I teach school. I've been a public school teacher for 23 years. Um, and right now I'm on a leave and, uh, it's kind of strange, Jason. I, um, this is the first time in 23 years I haven't started the school year. Right. So, uh, I haven't been in for the work days or anything. And I've drove by one of the elementary schools on the way in and I saw the parking lot you know, full with the teachers getting prepped for this upcoming school year, which I think will be a good year. I, I'm glad that we're over the hump of COVID and all of the chaos of that and uh, how that was approached uh, was an absolute nightmare. And it, it's nice to see things back to normal for our kids. It, no, it, it is. And, it, it you know, it's difficult as legislators to to operate in that in that uh, uh, realm of COVID when, when things were happening. It's when we started digital meetings uh, for the first time. Uh, which were, were interesting to see uh, legislators who weren't necessarily digital natives uh, get on, get onto uh, Zoom meetings and so forth. But but we we suffered through that. But as a teacher, you know, it, really the learning loss that that you've been so concerned about um, and and trying to help accelerate and get kids caught up. Uh, has been a big part of your mission while serving at the legislature. Oh, it's been huge. Uh, one of the big steps that we took in um, partnering with Speaker Moore on this is how do we immediately react to the learning loss that occurred and starting these summer programs where we expanded uh, to get kids back in as soon as we could. And the hybrid model that we were operating on, it, reflecting back, hindsight's always twenty twenty. It's very clear that you need schools open. And uh, you, you need them open. You need them there uh, full time. Kids in and out, in and out makes it very difficult. Um, but another thing that came out of it, I do think that the quick expansion of technology yeah. and the role that it plays in education it, it's a tool is what we learned. And uh, that tool is now um, part of our tool bag as teachers uh, to move forward. And for a lot of kids, that um, online environment 
they found a lot of success with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think that it's a mass medicine for everyone. Sure. But for kids, especially with uh, various needs that we've got with kids, uh, no kids are the same. Yeah. They're all individuals. That uh, many of the kids found that that um, way of learning was very positive for them. I've been working in that realm too, well, dealing with virtual education. You, you, you never stop learning. Uh, you know, you're, right. you're a lifelong learner like me. Yeah. Um, things, you know, it, it, it just you just don't stop. You you got to keep adapting. Uh, you know, to to succeed. Uh, I know Jackson, our 15 year old, actually enjoyed uh, a lot of the the virtual things. He would much rather be in a classroom with with, with his uh, you know his peers, but. Um, you know, they, they were already for some kids like, you know, he, he, he's a gamer. So he's, you know, uh, playing games online, but you know, one screen he'll have, you know, his, his group of besties, uh, and then they'll be playing on another screen. So they're, they're interacting and socializing. So the social aspect for a lot of kids might've even increased and, and, and some adapt better than others. But with us today, if you're just tuning in, we've got uh, Jeffrey Elmore, representative Jeffrey Elmore. He is from Wilkes County. Uh, um, and he is running for lieutenant governor. We're going to have him on all show. Uh, you can call us at 844-STUDIO-4. That's 844-788-3464. Uh, love to have your calls. Uh, pick his brain a little bit. We're going to talk about uh, the landscape in North Carolina politically and see what's happening uh, as far as this race for lieutenant governor. We'll be back shortly. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. All things safe. Representative Kansas safe. We've got fun and games. We've got everything you want, honey. We know the names. We are the people that can find. And welcome back to All Things Sane. Uh, With me in studio, we've got Representative Jeffrey Elmore, who's running for lieutenant governor. Welcome to the jungle. Hey, thank you. It's good seeing you. (laughs) Good seeing you. And outside of a budget room, uh, normally we're we're a little frazzled. And, uh, you know, uh, Kyle Hall says it best. Representative Kyle Hall says it best. We, We... often go to the most exclusive restaurant in Raleigh, and it's called the Budget Room, and we get a lot of That's right. cold pizza. It's incredible. I know. I, uh, for the listeners, I, I spend more time with Jason Sane than I do my wife many times during the budget discussions. <laughs> yeah, so I just missed you so much. I had to come in on your show. I had to come visit. I, no, I get it. I, I'm glad you're here. Um, we, we are still working on budget, sadly enough. Yes, and um, we, we, we pretty much got that put together on our end. Yeah. Uh, now it's just a couple of disagreements between the two chambers that we're working through. And then also vacations. Uh, people people had planned. Uh, the, the goal was to get out a little after July 1, and, and that didn't happen. And, you know, I, I needed to go on a vacation with my wife because it, it would be much more expensive if I didn't. That is correct. You know, so I, I, I have learned some things over the years. And uh, uh, and, and people should. And we're, we're part-time legislators. That's right. Um, like we said, you're, you're, you're a teacher by profession. And which you bring a lot to the table. Um, and and, and I, I think that needs to be said. People, you know, as legislators, we, we deal with all kinds of things, whether it's roads, whether it's health care, uh, education is a big part of the budget. And you as an appropriator uh, on the House side of part of our team, you get to deal with a big portion of the budget and particularly teacher pay because you are one. That's right. Uh, it certainly matters to you, uh, but you know some of the challenges and how 
how education has has changed over the years. Uh, you know, you, you deal with you're a seasoned teacher, but you you've you've got colleagues, I'm sure, that just got out of school and are coming right. to teach. And uh, and so your perspective on things means a lot at the legislature. Um, I'll hate to lose you in that capacity, uh, but I know you'll be just down the street. Uh, sure, should you be successful in your run for lieutenant governor, uh, we'll still be picking your brain for, for years to come. Well, that, that's what I envision for the position. I, I think that it's been fascinating to see how people have... Um, utilize the lieutenant governor's position in a different way. And it, it's a unique council state position because it has a foot in the legislative branch and a foot in the executive branch. And I think that the relationship of the position with the legislators that are down there, it really needs to be um, a very positive relationship and a relationship where it, it, it's constant, meaning I, I want to use the position where I'm in the legislative building talking with other legislators, helping them uh, with their decision making, helping them understand, especially for new ones, you understand this, um, that don't really know how to move a bill or move an idea, and they really don't have anybody to talk to on how to do that. Uh, I don't have a vote as a, a, the lieutenant governor unless it's a tie. Right. So I don't need something from them. So I can uh, have the ability to actually be straight with them. And, yeah, this is how you do this, or this is who you need to talk to to accomplish the goals, the conservative goals that many of our members have. Well, I, I, I think that, that experience that you have as a legislator, um, <clears throat> not knocking any you know, prior governor, lieutenant governor before. Sure. I, I'm, and, but, but some of the more successful, and I, and I think about uh, when Bev Perdue was governor, she was very good about understanding walking the hallways. Different party, um, but I know when I got appointed as you know, the lowest freshman there, um, she made a point to, one, call me, two, actually stop by my office, uh, that impressed me, as, as a, even though I'm a different party. I uh, didn't agree with, uh, with her on a lot of things. But, but to have that knowledge of just how the legislature works is, is incredibly important, and it can be frustrating for those that don't have that knowledge. You walk in uh, on day one with that background, and I think that will probably serve you uh, as, as far as your success uh, as much as anything, because you don't understand the process. And we're fortunate because we serve in that full appropriations room, too. As a full appropriator, money follows priorities. Right. And plus, two, we get a gauge of all functions of the government because we see how the money is being spent. I think that experience, too, helps give me a very much a 10,000-foot view of the functions of government. So when I'm talking with those legislators, they may be working in justice and public safety right. or, or some sort of subject matter of that nature. I have enough context because my experience to, to be able to actually communicate and say, yeah, there's a need there because we see it through yeah. the budgets that have been developed or, or uh, you might not need to push that because there's been a lot of resource pushed into that arena. Yeah. And you end up not being a one trick pony at that point. That's right. Yeah, it, exactly. Well, that in, and you know, I hope people don't consider every day just all the things that we get involved in, because uh, if, if that's the case, we're probably doing it wrong. I, I hope yeah. most days they wake up and they're not really thinking about their state legislature. But when you do think about it, knowing that 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 vast background that you that you end up getting by default, because we do consider so many aspects of state government. So you're not you're not just an education 
candidate. You're, you've, you now you're well rounded. You might have been when you ran, sure, maybe, but but now just by default because you do have to deal with so many of these things. And then to your point, as people come into the legislature, noobs like we all were at one point in time, just trying to find a bathroom. Um, you know, it's great to have mentors who will who will kind of show you the way. Th- these are these are how things happen. He, this if you want to be successful, do these things. Um, I, I think that's invaluable. Uh, it's great to have mentors, and you know, as a teacher, uh, you, you know when when you've got kids who are who are you know one willing to to, to lead others, um, and and look, most people I think if if they have that ability and they have that talent, they enjoy it. Uh, it's it's part of what gives them life and excitement, and and you're that kind of person. So I I think that'll be a big plus for you. Yeah, and the idea of the lieutenant governor really being this out front person, that's really not what the lieutenant governor's role, in my opinion, needs to be. Uh, We will have an upfront person. I think that we have strong gubernatorial candidates on our side that are uh, very strong personalities. Those are the people that need to be out front. The the lieutenant governor's position, in my opinion, is one that is a behind the scenes type position where it is that conduit of communication uh, in the legislative building between the executive branch to really get things done. Um, in my tenure down in Raleigh, uh, I, I've not been the out front person. Uh, you could testify to that. I'm not the one that's on the camera or doing the tweets or the headlines. But when somebody really needs something done, they come and knock on my door and they say, Representative Elmore, how do we get this done? And I get it done. You do. You're very effective and have a reputation in the building for being effective. And, and uh, to your point, you're not just a camera hog, right? You're not right. just trying to get on television. You're back there doing the, sometimes in the background, doing the hard work, and and people trust you. And that, that matters too, more than anything, I think in, in business or in politics or anything you're doing, you build trust. And that that's a great place to start and, and you keep carrying it, which is wonderful. And, and it's frustrating, um, Jason. You know, Washington is so broken that I, I believe people have just gotten to where they have zero faith in our federal government. It's almost just like a sideshow yeah. with the circus. And I, I still believe in representative uh, government, uh, that government can work, but it takes communication. It takes somebody behind the scenes doing that type of work, helping others, lifting everybody up. I, I don't want to see Raleigh turn into Washington uh, because people, people are sick of it, and the swamp has turned into just a joke. Yeah. And our policies that we've done over the past decade— we have had to push back, and I feel like all we do is block anymore. It's like on the football line. We're, we're blocking to try to keep this nonsense out of North Carolina and keeping ourselves growing, and uh, it, it's worked. Uh, we're, we're blocking, but I, I don't want to see us just block. I wish it could get fixed uh, out of Washington, but the Biden agenda is Bidenomics I still hadn't figured out because it seems like I'm still losing money and everybody else is. Well, I, I, apparently everything's more like a house fire that never happened uh, in, the, in the Biden, <laughs> Biden uh, administration. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, speaking of which, a little bit of, of national politics. Big debate tonight. Uh, the Republican candidates all but uh, Donald Trump will, uh, I guess, be there. or Most of them will be there. Uh, you get to do a little of that same, uh, you know, going and participating in forums, maybe not uh, sure. with such a large television audience, but yeah. uh, you get to put on the spot. So you've been traveling around. Where, where have you been lately? Uh, we've been uh, on the coast. We did a coastal tour down in Carteret, which is beautiful, uh, Onslow, um, 
we are going on a far mountain tour in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've been floating around, I guess you would call it Western Piedmont as of late. And yeah, it, it's interesting in these forums. I, I kind of think it's like Baskin Robbins, you know, what kind of flavor ice cream do you want? Well, I'm this flavor and I'm this flavor with the different candidates. And I, I think the lieutenant governor's race, by the time it gets done, there'll be so many in it. It will kind of like be going to the ice cream shop. And People do like to file and run for office, apparently. They do. They do. <laughs> Which that's all right. I mean, no, that's, that's what a good it's thing. About. It's about that's what it's about. options. But uh, but you get to meet and, and you get to be on these panels, but you, then you get the, the, the conversations afterwards, too, which sometimes can be pretty comical. I, I know I've, I've said on a few few of these when running for office, uh, not not for a statewide office, but when we run for our House seats, we, we participate in those you know, different panels and forums and so sure. forth. Um, it, I'm always shocked sometimes what, you know, the random person that comes up and says that they believe that we have the power to do. Uh, but it's an opportunity to educate. Uh, sure. And, and as as you're doing, you're, you're getting to tell people what the role of lieutenant governor actually is. Uh, when, sure. when you start talking, I mean, because most people don't know. And that's okay that they don't. No, and, and I think that it really shows our need for extensive civics education. I, I'm not being critical of folks, but sure. a lot of people do not understand the different levels of government, your local, your state, what we take care of in North Carolina. And uh, some of our folks that have moved in, they're at a little disadvantage too, because some other states handle it different. That's right. Um, so, uh, yeah, educating folks on what we do, how we do it, it's been fun. It's always a challenge. Um, we have Representative Jeffrey Elmore here from Wilkes County here on All Things Same. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back after the break. Remind you that uh, you can call us at 844-STUDIO-4. That's 844-788-3464. If you want to join the conversation, uh, Jeff and I will be talking. We'll, we'll, we'll tell some more secrets about the uh, very secretive appropriations room and all the secret doings behind there. Uh, if only the case. But anyway, glad to have you listening. Again, we'll be back in just a moment There's on All Things Sane. All Things Sane with NC Representative Jason Sane on the way from the new 1059 100.7 WSIC. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. All Things Sane. Representative Jason Sane. See, I told you you like the music, right? I, I do. I love it. You're listening to All Things Sane. Uh, joining me today, I'm your host, Representative Jason Sane Bennett. On, on with me is Representative Jeffrey Elmore. He's running for lieutenant governor. He represents Wilkes County in the legislature and is now stepping up a little bit to run for a little higher office, running for lieutenant governor. Glad to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to be here. If, if you're just joining us, uh, you, you will have uh, heard the mention of the exclusive restaurant, the most exclusive restaurant uh, we get to go to almost every night when we're in Raleigh. It is, yes. It's amazing. It's called The Budget Room. It's on the sixth floor. And uh, it's a lot of cold pizza. It's amazing. And people think about the, you know, the, the uh, you watch some Netflix show about politics, and it's how the Hollywood wants you to see it. We could show you the real deal. We could we could show you what it's like in a room stacked full of paper. Um, I'm pretty sure we've killed at least three or four forests, which drives me crazy. Um, I'm a digital person, as you know from listening to the show. Uh, but we do. We run through a lot of paper, a lot of trial and error, a lot of uh, getting getting it right or trying to get it right. 
Um, but but there's not a there's not a lot lot of sexiness about it. Oh yeah, it's quite comical. Uh, Representative Sane here, he is very digital, so he's on his iPad all the time. But I'm very old school, and I've got these stacks of folders. <laughs> and when we're going through the process on whatever we're discussing, I'll have to flip through the folder and find the subject matter. And I, he commented one time, and I found it quite comical. He was like, "What in the heck's in that folder?" Because <laughs> <laughs> you got it all. <laughs> you got it all. <laughs> but yeah, the stacks of folders, and then we through the papers and I have a tendency to throw them under the table uh, when the decision's been made. I'll fold it in half and I end up with this massive pile uh, between me and Representative Brisson that's just <laughs> in the floor. <laughs> and, and, no, and staff won't touch it for, for a while. That's right? right. Until we give them permission to say, hey, you know, now it's just trash. Because you, you never know when you might need that one note that you took on that one presentation about, you know, DHHS and some subset of DHHS, whatever it is, right? Sure. You just don't know and uh, I, I I do take pictures of it and, and put it on my iPad and, 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 and draw funny faces on it. I, I might have been called a time or two playing a golf game on my iPad while listening actively um, but, but we have a good time with it. We had during during COVID we were talking about COVID and having to do the digital conferencing so they put us put in two huge monitors into yes. the room uh, which now conveniently can be converted to a baseball watching device. Uh, Justin here that, that on the station does does the morning show, huge fan of baseball. It's like his favorite thing. He honestly just can't get enough of baseball. Huge fan, huge fan. Well, I'll compliment your advocacy on the big screens in the budget room because the other day when we were doing work, uh, we actually were working from the screen, if you yeah. noticed. And, and I was shocked because we did not have a paper copy and we were working on the spreadsheet through the screen. And I was like, man, have we advanced we're, in the past six months. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> my, my goal is to be paperless. So I don't, I don't know if I can ever get our colleagues there. And I know I probably couldn't get you to do that. So. I, I don't know. I, I support the paper industry and the timber industry. So I, I, I like the paper. They, they are important in North Carolina. So Very we, much we, so. We can't short them. Uh, again, we're talking with Representative Jeffrey Elmore. He's running for Lieutenant Governor. You can call us at 844-STUDIO-4. Be a part of the conversation. Uh, those numbers, uh, if you need to translate it, 844-788-3464. Uh, enjoying talking, we we've it's it's funny because we we have been in the budget room for literally since you know January, yes, um, and and spending a lot of time. Our days start pretty early and end pretty late, uh, and but but to actually visit and have fun because we're normally. You know, it's pretty serious work. Uh, we, we, we have fun with it, but it's pretty serious work. And we hear a lot of serious uh, issues that we have to make decisions on. Sure. But it's fun fun to have you here in the Lake Norman area. Uh, I know you're glad to, to get out and have a little break, too, and, and, and do a little campaigning. Yeah, it's it's been nice getting on the road a little bit. And like you were talking about, just a, a break from it. I, I call it the bubble down there. And you get in that bubble um, in Raleigh and... Uh, you need to get out of it uh, to, to get some perspective on what North Carolina is really about. As you know, my escape is is the lake. So that's right. Um, I, Friday afternoons, which ends ends up a lot of times being conference calls and, and Zoom meetings and so forth. Uh, I found a cove on Lake Norman where I take my boat. I can make my calls. I can I can do video conferencing with my iPad, um, but I can be on the lake. I, I did one uh, last last Friday. And it was a thing with the Heritage Foundation. I'm on one of their yeah. advisory boards for, for uh, legislators and, and to advise the Heritage Foundation. And God bless them. They're politicians from every state that, that are on this call. And um, really, Texas, Utah, uh, North Carolina, Georgia, some of the folks that were on the call, 
and it was our first ever meeting. And you can imagine how long that took just for people to say, here's who I am, here's what I do, uh, and here, here's my interest. Because politicians, we always want to talk about ourselves. Over. But yeah. this is a great format to do that because you are running and people are going to make a decision on the lieutenant governor's post sure. and, and who they want, what their preference is going to be. And your job is to get out there and meet as many people as possible right. or at least touch them in some way. And I hope uh, that people get a chance to listen to the show, not just live today, but on, on our podcast. I mean, we're on we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. We do that live. So people can always go back and look and, and find out a little bit more about you because people do care. They, you know, one of the biggest things that I hear when, when people come up at, when we're, uh, you know, doing elec- during election time and uh, to the polls, people walk up and ask, I don't know much about this person. I don't know much of this, this person. And I worry sometimes because you're still going to go vote anyway. Uh, but, but if, but if, if folks really want to educate themselves, um, uh, There'll be a body of work for them to learn about Jeffrey Elmore, and and it'll be on on our podcast. So I'm I'm glad you're here. Oh yeah, uh, very much so. I, I think what makes me unique in the field is uh, I have an actual voting record. Right. Um. Uh, you know, folks that go out and campaign many times, uh, they they can talk about things, but is there really a record of doing anything with that subject matter? Yeah. Uh, I've got uh, many years of voting record, a very strong conservative voting record that, that I'm very proud of. And sometimes, you know, um, I've been the lone man on the hill yeah. uh, with some subject matter, but I think my approach down there with the relationships that I've built with the other legislators, I, I'm very honest with them on, on my values, my thought set, my logic behind how I do vote, and um, folks feel comfortable with it. That's that's what we need more of in politics, I think, right now. It's just good dialogue that uh, folks are frank on how they f- feel about things, and they actually say why. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's right. You, and you're very, um, and, and sadly, in some respects, unique. Uh, there, there's some of us on the on the floor that that are very plain talkers, right? Yes. We just tell you, here's what it is. We don't try to dress it up. We don't try to play to the camera. Um, we, we want to give you all the facts that we can, but, right. but not, not some sensationalism, and which happens all too often in politics. And I think you've got a great reputation in the building with, with not just the House members, but with Senate members. Yes. They, they enjoy working with you because you're very upfront and it's not playing, you know, uh, uh, hide the pickle. You're going, okay, here's, here's exactly what we're trying to do. Help right. me get there. Yeah, you start like me. You, you want to get people to yes. And and that's important. It doesn't have to be you know, through sleight of hand. And I think I think people are hungry for uh, leaders. I say politicians, leaders who say this is what I mean. Uh, here's where I'm coming from. You don't have to second guess. Now you can you can like it or not like it. But you, I, I applaud you for that. Correct. And it, you know, working towards a goal, uh, you set a goal with. Um, whatever needs to be done, usually reacting to something that needs to be fixed. And and I'm not one that is um, such an ideologue that it must be this particular path. Well, let's plan for A, B, C, D, and E and, and whatever can get us there. And then what's your opinion on that? And if that can get us there, let's go that route because it will accomplish the goal. Yep. And you've got a voting record. I mean, uh, as we go into the break, I mean, what's important is every every vote we take is online. You That's can, right. You can track every one of them. And uh, and I had a troll on Twitter several weeks ago saying, "Well, where do you stand?" I look at your website. Where do you stand? I'm like, here's literally my voting record. You can yeah. look at every place and every every time I've had a chance to take a vote, 
I take a vote and you can look at it. So we've got Representative Jeffrey Elmore here on WSIC on All Things Sane. I'm your host, Jason Sane. We'll be back shortly after the break. Appreciate you listening. Uh, we appreciate you listening. With me today, I've got Representative Jeffrey Elmore. He's running for Lieutenant Governor. He's one of my colleagues in the House. I'm your host, Representative Jason Sane. Um, as you heard in the music intro, call me maybe. Uh, we've got a caller. Uh, it's Kevin from Iredell. I want to welcome you to the show, sir. And um, what's on your mind? Yes, sir. Um, I'm a 30-year retired educator with the Iredell Station Schools, lifelong Iredell County resident, and um, still are blessed to be able to sub. And so this is my actually 39th year in education. Just wondering um, what your best guess is when a budget may be finished and started. And also, being a retiree, the uh, cost of living re uh, increase for retirees uh, lately has been, um, how do I put it? politely you, not you, very much you speak frankly and, yeah and, yes sir and uh and and i understand there's all kinds of other budgetary items and budgetary things that you guys have to have to deal with and handle and all that stuff and i respect that but i was just wondering um what your best guess is about a when the budget may be uh done and b um is there going to be a cost of living increase and and where it's not just one time, where it's where it repeats every year for uh, retirees, many of them who don't have any other means of income. I appreciate your time and thank you for the opportunity to ask a question. Yeah, Kevin, thank you and and, and appreciate um, your call and, and concern. Um, Representative Elmore and I are, are, are one intimately familiar with the issue of colas. And I, let, let me let me rewind. Get your first question first. Uh, what, when will the budget happen? Well, my best guess, you asked for my best guess. My best guess was uh, wrong because I thought we'd get it done by about mid-July. Um, I was I was hoping that we'd be before then, but um, thought mid-July was going to be the, the magic number, uh, which kind of leads to, into the next question. Uh, you know, you get 170 people at the legislature. Um, even though Republicans are in charge of both houses, we got very different ideas in, in between the houses of what, our priorities need to be. And, and Jeff, uh, you deal as, as much as anybody or more than anybody on on what we're doing for, for teachers, both active teachers. And, and Kevin, thank you for, for serving, because uh, it is service uh, to teach our kids. You, you didn't do it for the money. Uh, you, you like to get you know a decent living out of it, for sure, but you didn't do it for the money, or you'd have done something else. Um, but but really appreciate the teachers that, that are in the classroom. You're still doing it. You, you must love it. And, and that's a that's a blessing to all of us. But but colas have been uh, over the years something we, we've continued to talk about. We continue to discuss the House has a much different position on colas 
uh, than the Senate does. And, and Jeff, you've been in that room as we've argued for that uh, year after year after year. Oh, sure. Uh, very much. I, I sit on pensions, too. And uh, some concern, I think, in the beginning was the long-term liability on the pension system. But I can honestly say, looking at the numbers, we have one of the strongest pension systems in, in the country because we've made sure that the money is stable and uh, stabilized there. Uh, the House position has always been a COLA. Uh, we were quite creative in the House budget this time. Uh, we used reserve monies to actually front load paying for COLA mm -hmm. because um, it takes a 10-year uh, cycle to um, uh, go through implementing that. That's how you have to budget that out. We actually front loaded it in the House budget. But like you were saying, you know, the, the state legislature, I, I have twin sons, identical twin boys. And, and you, trust me, they don't get along all the time. You, you, <laughs> you know, they, they can fight like cats and dogs and the um, conflict between them. But then if you try doing something to them as a group, it's a different story. They're very defensive sure. if it's from somebody from the outside. So uh, there has been very different philosophies with the COLA, and I, I do feel like when the budget comes out, there will be, uh, we will touch the, the retirees because the reality of it is this inflation, how it's hit, it's really hurt a lot of the stuff that we have done, especially with pay and the pay increases that we've put in because inflation has really hit bad everybody. on everybody. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're working or retired. And our retirees are some of the most vulnerable people. Uh, you, you think of a state employee that might have been a custodian at one of the prisons, and, and they may have, uh, when they retired, the salary level at that point could have been $19,000 a year, and they're right. drawing a pension on $19,000 a year, and, and they're in their late 80s. Uh, yeah, we, we do think about that, and uh, I feel like we will touch it uh, when the budget comes out. We will, and, and and as we get to the final agreement, you know, Jeff Jeffrey and I are only allowed to really talk about what what our position has been because nothing's final yet. Um, and and as we get whittle around on some of those agreements and and whittle those down, I should say, um, you you end up if we end up with some extra money here and there where we can plus up some things. We try to do that. So we can't give you a final number at this point. Just know that, that from the House position, and it's very public what our position has been because it's in our budget every time we, we put it out there. It's, it's, and it's the point where we start the, the, the discussion, uh, if you will, with, with our colleagues in the Senate uh, who, who very proudly have been um, over the years just they don't want to do much on COLA. And, and they, they don't shy away from it. Uh, we just have a very different philosophy on that. And for, for the reasons you just, uh, uh, you know, uh, said Jeffrey, I mean, we we understand that that there's a pinch on on when it comes to inflation, uh, but but also the fact that you know people are living longer. That's um, right. You know, they it there's there's we want to be helpful as we can, um, but it but it is it doesn't come without an argument and and a lot of posturing uh, from from some of our folks who don't necessarily agree with the house position. But Kevin, we we appreciate the the question. I think um, uh, to further answer, uh, Jeffrey and I were talking about. Uh, when we will finally get to a budget, of course, no one wants it more than us because we're the ones that you know kind of have to live through this, and and we've we've done our part. We're there, um, but I think probably around the week of September 11th, uh, as as I'm hearing from from the other chamber about when they'll be voting at full strength, when when our folks will be back in town and, and ready to go. As as I said before, on I think just about every program we've done here, we we do have a continuing resolution in North Carolina, so nothing stops. 
just a lot of the new funding doesn't get implemented until that budget's passed. But Kevin, thank you for listening. Again, I, the 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 uh, call in number is eight four four Studio Four. You're always welcome to call in. Uh, and and Jeffrey, you you are what's next for you? You're, you're going to be with me today in the Lake Norman and Charlotte region. We're gonna we're gonna hit a few spots. We're gonna talk to those people in in downtown Charlotte about hospitality and tourism. Uh, yes, I, I'm certain we'll hear, um, you know, that they're, they're, they're needing employees. We're at, I think I saw this morning, like a, uh, for Mecklenburg County was at a 3.4% unemployment rate, which is essentially full employment. Sure. Um, we, we've got those challenges. These are good challenges to have, of course. Uh, but, but as we continue to grow, we, we've got to have people that work at hotels and people that work in the, in the tourism industry. And, you know, we've got the Panthers and we've, we've got the Hornets and we, we've got, uh, really people coming in and out of our state all the time. That's another one of our challenges is making sure that we stay attractive to new business coming in. Oh, very much so. And, uh, you know, we were ranked number one for business two years in a row. And in that metric that CB, uh, CNBC used, they, they said that we had really strong workforce numbers. Yeah. But when, um, we look at it, we still have a workforce training problem. Um, big role of the lieutenant governor is sitting on the community college board. And I had a meeting with the new president, uh, Dr. Jeff Cox, and he was talking about needing marketing money. And I said, okay, who are you marketing to? And he said that uh, they have stats that show there's a segment of the population that's from 20 to 28 that really have not injected themselves in the workforce. They have not gotten some sort of workforce training. They're not going to school. They may be doing something part-time, maybe not. And they're just kind of in this limbo because they've never really entered the workforce. And he said, we want to market to that demographic. Yeah. And I think that's critical. Um, folks have to have some sort of skill, skill set. We have needs in all sectors of the economy, from hospitality mm -hmm. all the way up to needs of doctors in rural North Carolina. So right. we have work needs at all levels, and we have to make sure that our education system from K-12 all the way through our doctorate programs at our universities are getting people on the right track and exiting them off where they need to be and where their goals are, because we have needs in all sectors at but, this point. No, that's right. And, you know, and I think sometimes we miss the mark. Um, you know, what what may have been known as a blue collar job, as, as if that's some type of negative. Uh, my dad worked for Timken Company uh, for a long, long time. Before that, he was in textiles. Um, was a machinist and you know, on very complicated machinery, so he's very skilled skilled labor, uh, and retired well with with Timken Company, and and certainly was able to send myself and my younger sister to college at UNC Charlotte, go Niners, um, and and we were able to do that. But a lot a lot of children, kids today, have not been exposed to some of these what will be wonderful careers for people, uh, but they don't know what, that it's out there. I I've got a good friend who who is a welder. I uh, remember him telling me one time that he, he kind of thought less of what he was doing. Man, that guy's pulling down bank and doing sure. very well today. We need those people. Um, as we wrap up this show, uh, Jeffrey, I told you that it goes so fast. Uh, as I'm sure this campaign for lieutenant governor is blowing by very quickly. It is. You, it you is. stay on the road. You, you get to eat some junk along the way. But right. so, you do get barbecue. 
yes, barbecue, chicken. chicken. It's, I love to eat, so <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> you get to meet a lot of nice people. Uh, if, you, if you're just listening in, go back and listen to the podcast. Had my good friend Jeffrey Elmore today on the show here on All Things Seen. We'll be back next week. Next week, a little teaser. Uh, I've got Congressman Patrick McHenry coming on. Oh. Uh, so we'll have him, and uh, we might even uh, swap dad jokes along the way. Oh, but. <laughs> <laughs> Representative Elmore, really appreciate you being on. Uh, thanks for listening to All Things Sane today on WSIC.